Hey, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast. Welcome to the place I talk about a lot of dad stuff, family and kid stuff, as well as various guy thoughts and topics that intrigue me and hopefully intrigue and interest you. All right, today is part two of the chat I had with my good friend TJ from last week. So we continue talking about small business, more stories, stories of the lake, stories from our childhood, following your dreams or reaching your goals, and also the risks that come with making those really big decisions. It's a Zoom call, by the way, if you didn't know that from last week. So what comes with Zoom calls is that lovely, spotty Zoom quality audio. So it just gets a little bit hard to hear a few times, so be patient. And I'm sorry about that. But anyways, sit back, relax, and enjoy part two. So we were talking about following your dreams and doing all that stuff, right? But um, I don't think a lot of people can say what they're really doing is what they want to do. You know, they dream about it. They talk about it, but they never actually fulfill it. So most of them, they they just tell my kids when they were a kid, wanted to be a cop. They grew up and now they're in a town. It's there's a job that's available. They take it. And most people are miserable with their jobs because of it. So how did you, I don't, I don't want to say, do you have any advice, but do you have any advice? How did you make that happen? Was there a leap that you had to take? Like, okay, this moment is uncomfortable for me, but you know, or this is a risk because there's risk involved. I have to buy a boat. I have to do all this. I have to get business insurance. Was there, you know, was there anything that you were like, okay, I just got to do it and see if it works out. Was that, did that thought ever kind of go through your head? Cause I started, I started guiding hunting first and I just fell into that because mm-hmm. my one uncle was like, right. you should come bear hunting with me. So I did. And I kind of got thrown into helping him guide because he had clients from Missouri and it just, it worked. Right. I grew right. up hunting and fishing. I just, I'm a natural at that, I guess. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, like yeah. I could do that. I could do this on my own. Yeah, for the honey, absolutely. And then, uh, you know, my Uncle Larry has Minnesota's largest barrel fitting service. Okay. So they asked if I'd help them out. So I did. And that's a whole other story there. And the rest <laughs> is history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's don't ever work for family members type thing. Um, oh, yeah. I've, I've known that. Like, don't work for family. Don't work for friends. I know sometimes, sure, there's certain situations where that's fine. And it works out and great. And everything is hunky-dory. But... I've worked with friends and sometimes it's, it's ruined friendships. It's, it's changed dynamics. And oh, I've got some friends that I could not work with no matter what, because they're too fucking lazy <laughs> and they would stand around and do nothing. Yeah. But, uh, so like the, the dieting with hunting, I just fell into that and done that. There was no actual investment on my, my part for there at all. Right. But with the fishing, it was, uh, I started my fishing page cause I've got just, you know, Lake of the Woods, real fishing reports, just, to give reports to help people learn, maybe fig- figure out better tactics and what to use, what's working, whatever on the lake. And mm-hmm. I had so many people requesting or asking me to take them fishing and wanted to pay me for it. You kind of saw, you saw a need or you're like, yeah. oh, like this could, yeah. this could be something. And that, that's exactly where it started. And I got talking with another friend of mine and he's like, we should take the class together and help each other out. And so we did and took the class together and got looking and I'm like, well, I'm going to need a boat. I don't want to get one that's uh Fairly expensive because you know if, if it doesn't pan out, I want to build that. Yeah, I can still afford. Yeah, and then I got looking at you know, Lake of the Woods. It's it's not your average monster of a lake. You know, anyone who thinks a Ranger six twenty one is a great boat, no, it's not. It's a piece of crap boat. At least one year flips on this lake. Their transoms break. Their hulls crack. They uh, are not big water boats. They don't handle big water well at all. 
So I'm like, yeah. well, I don't know if I want one of these pro series walleye boats because they, they suck. <laughs> They're great on most lakes, but not Lake of the Woods because you know, we can get eight foot waves. Yeah. And our eight foot waves aren't like on the ocean or, or the Great Lakes or the big rollers. They're close together. They flip boats. They come That's over crazy. the side, they fill them up with water. Yeah. And well, I was like, I could buy a sport craft because that's what all the resorts use. And I that's like all one. the that's that's what I mean for people that don't know. I know there's probably a lot of people that don't know what boats we're talking about, but a sport craft is like the traditional big boat covered uh, operating area. It's got a big hard cover on the top. It's got a you know co- closed in bow, right? All that stuff. Big yep. fishing area yep. in the back. Okay. Yeah. It's it's your classic like charter boat that you would see. Uh, and they, they use them on oceans too. Uh, okay. A sport craft is the bayliner of the sea. They're actually a cheap boat, which is why I didn't buy one. Okay. And I looked at it and there's, there's so much maintenance. It's like, God damn, they replace the stringers every five to eight years. They're designed to leak. We got to keep the water bearing cool. So they got to leak water around that. So you have to have a, a good auto bilge and those things go out all the time. And I got looking at the cost and amount and I found a boat price was right. Oh my God. It's been a money pit. That's six grand on the boat. I put $20,000 into it. Oh my gosh. Well, there goes all your good years from last year. <laughs> well, I pretty much broke even yeah. last year <laughs> paid for everything I put into it. Right. But I uh, got a boat that it's, it's a good boat. If the guy didn't work out, it's a great family boat. It's big enough. It's 22 and a half feet, but I have okay. more, more fishing space on 27 foot sport craft and it's nice. got a cab. There, yeah. There you go. And as long as you keep plastic. It's too high. So like, into that, I, I took that leap with it, and uh, Aaron, the friend of mine that does it, will will pass clients back for like if I can't take him, I'll we'll give his number, vice versa. And and we're we're constantly communicating on the water as well. But I got into that and trying to work into build clientele up, and then uh, it, it was working. And I'd pick up charter ships for a couple of the resorts. Like there's a few of them I don't believe in the way they run things, so I wouldn't right. work for them. Just mm-hmm. morals issues there. And then uh, not the summer's got over, of course, but the one before. Is when I took my full time leap, and the big push on that was actually the Amy because she was making enough money that yeah, your wife, your wife, Amy, your wife, yeah. yeah, okay, that that I could take that jump financially mm-hmm. to where if and, this doesn't totally like if I'm not just bringing it in or if it doesn't totally work the way I think it is in my mind, we can still cover our, our lifestyle. Yes. Yep. And she goes, "Well, you want to do it full time? Why not give it a shot?" And then I, I did. That's awesome. That's and, that's crazy. That and well, you're young. To, well, not your business. You're forty. Not that young. <laughs> you're forty. But your business is what you said. Essentially, this was the second summer, so it's two two years, two seasons. Yeah, two years of full time doing it. So that's a young business. That's not you don't have. It's not built up. Is what am I trying to say? It's not. You know what I mean? It's not a super well established. You're getting your name out there still. You're still building it. You're still working on it. So I mean, that's that's good from start. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, and nice things. I, I do have the benefit. Um, I'm one of the few people that guys on the lake are from here. Like I grew up here, you know. My like on my dad's side of the family, they're they're one of the first families to settle around Lake of the Woods. My great grandfather and his brothers Lake Woods and had a fishery in the Long Point area. And then my dad worked growing up uh, for mink farmers that had commercial fishing operations, and they they used their commercial fishing to get their mink feed. So. You know, one way or the other, I've, I've been kind of attached to this lake. And then, like, when we were kids, we we're all yeah. fishing all the freaking time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. With my, with, one we're story. going out with my stepdad, you know, and his little 16 foot boat all the time. And 
and the one laugh, thing I love so. to tell people story about when people are like, oh, this is so rough. I wouldn't come out here anything less than, and they'll give me a size boat, and I'll be like, well, I went with my buddy and his dad when we we're like 15 years old, and this little 16 foot Londo 20 horse Johnson on it, and we're in Manitoba, Buffalo Bay. Yeah, like and we're like six foot waves out there. We we're made. coming back in after just shitty fishing one day, and we caught a wave wrong, went right through the center of the wave, and that boat filled up to the top with water. <laughs> my buddy's bailing with a coffee can i'm bailing with a middle bucket and it, uh, we got into the harbor returning mud going into their their little canal coming to the harbor and his dad had an 87 blazer and he had to back that thing up until there's water to the back seat just to get the trailer down enough to get the boat out of the water it's yeah i mean you make it work i i never felt fishing in Green that little boat for 15 miles i can think back when we were on that lake as kids like i never felt in danger even in that little boat, you know, but that's because we were used to it. We grew up there. We, yep. we knew it. It was like not a, necessarily a big deal, you know? So it's just interesting uh, people's perspectives. You get these city guys that come up like, oh, there's no way I would do this. And you're like, well, hold on a second. Let me tell you some stories, you know? Yeah. Well, I had a guy, uh, I did a transport service. I, I ran three people up to uh, Eagle Ridge on Oak Island, picked up four from sunset lodge in oak island they're from nebraska and i picked up three people at young's bay and they're from the cities they've been up here the ones from that are at young's bay i picked up the guys from nebraska they'd never seen anything like this they've been on the ocean they'd never seen anything like it i had a 44 year old man crying bawling his eyes out he was so scared because we'd like get to the trough of the wave and the waves we had eight plus foot waves out there right and all you see is water around you it, there's the reason that I got called and asked if I'd take that trip and why the owner of the company didn't do it. I did it. And there was water well above the roof of the boat. And I took two waves over the top from the front and one all the way over the, from the side. And he cried and cried. So scared. I was fishing though. Fine. No, that wasn't even fishing that day. It was oh. just transport. Oh, just transport. Okay. Back. Yeah. That's what you said. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. I do this all the time. <laughs> So how do you like, find clients? Here. Like, how do you, how do you, do you advertise? Do you, is it just I all just word of mouth for you? On Facebook. Uh, word of mouth does a lot of it. Otherwise I advertise on Facebook. Oh, you do? Okay. Leave cards. I got places where I can put up piles of cards and stuff like that. No, so you, you have business cards. You kind of really, yeah. you promote yourself. You put things out there. You talk to people, have people say, Hey, if you had a good time, spread the word, blah, blah, blah. That kind of thing. I got to get it back advertised with the, uh, I did one year and it worked better. And I, I didn't renew it this year. I need to, uh, the local tourism bureaus. Oh, okay. So you get a lot of work, for, a lot of uh, clients from there? Yeah, that, that's that's probably the best way to do it because you'll get people to be like, hey, I want to go up Lake Lewis Fishing. Who should I go through? And then they'll click and they'll give you a list of guides and, and their Facebook pages or websites if they have them. Costs you, uh, like your first year is 75 bucks. And I think it's 275 each year after that. Mm -hmm. That's not bad though. So, I mean, if, if, no. if, if one ad, if one, if it brings in one group of clients, it pays for itself, right? Pay for it. Yep. Yeah. So do you think you'll ever, do you think you'll ever go back to a traditional job? Do you think you'll ever, as long as everything is good, do you, do you have, I mean, I imagine you have no want to ever. Yeah, I have no desire to. Yeah. You know, they say that the average retirement age right now is uh, 67 years old. The average death is 78. No, chances <laughs> of me retiring are slim to none. But if I do, do I really want to work something I hate the rest right. of my life and then live 11 years? Right. Like, younger i always said retirement age should have been from the time you're born until you're like 35 40 because then you still got the body that's able to do things and truly really enjoy yourself right yeah you, until you die yeah you have a you have you have a retirement savings you do all this stuff 
you retire at 65, you retire at 68, but then you're, you're older, your body doesn't work as well as it should. You're, you're limited as to where you can go or what you can do. And then, yeah, it's, you're looking at the easy chair, you know, and hanging out at home. It seems like anyways. Yeah. So I'm like, I'd rather do what I'm enjoying, even if it means I'm never going to retire because Mm -hmm. if I'm retiring, what am I going to do? I'm going to go fishing. (laughs) So why am I get paid while I'm doing it? It's not likely that I'm going to be like, you know what? I think it's time I'm going to go back and work in a factory and work my life away and have one day off in a week because I have no choice. You know, it's, you know. And have someone tell you what your priority should be and yep. be like, this job's your priority. And it's like, well, no. And like I said, I commend you. Like you, you, you took that leap and you're doing this. And I've wanted to do that with, you know, I, I work on diesel stuff. I work on engines and I've, I could turn that into a business, but it's like, I'm, I'm scared of risk. And I wish I wasn't, but I am. And it's hard for me to step out of that bubble of where I'm at to like risk myself or my name or, you know, getting sued or whatever. But you, you listed a perfect thing there. The worry about risking your name, getting sued. All yeah. it takes is one person that blames you for what was wrong with the vehicle. Like say someone brought mm-hmm. someone and said, Hey, I, I need U joints. Yep. Cool. You change your U joints. Well, maybe they've been driving around for two, three weeks with the U joints bad and it's caused vibration of the differential and it destroyed the ring gear yeah. while the differential goes out. So now they're suing you because your job right. caused that to go wrong, you know? Yeah. Like, um, and that's because I've got my own, my buddy that does my mechanic work for me because I just don't have the patience. <laughs> I change spark plugs in my boat sometime. I can get one. I don't yeah. know how he does it because his hands are huge. <laughs> I pay him for it. I'd rather just pay him to do it. And he does it on the side. He works full-time job and he farms part-time for his grandpa. And then he's got his own little side business mechanic shop. Okay. And the reason he hasn't turned into a full-time business is exactly that. I mean, he does well with his side business. So I know he does because I've spent $20,000 and probably mm-hmm. 10000 right. Yeah, with your boat stuff, right? Yeah. Cash, you know? Yeah. And he, he gets plenty of business with it, but it's that fear. And he's got people he's fixed their stuff and said, don't ever come back. Yeah. That I don't want to deal with your crap anymore. It's right. Like, I I didn't cause that. That came in with that problem. You didn't want me to fix that. Now you're trying to say it's my fault. Right. It's can worms situation. Like I, I worked at a diesel shop in Vegas for a long time and it was like that. You you fix problem A and then all of a sudden it can worms opens to problem B and C. And then the people are blaming you that you didn't do your job right. And then it turns into this whole thing. And yeah, I just I just don't know if I want to deal with that. If I could do something else though and have my family i mean i'm a stay-at-home dad have my have my kids that's my priority i still am the primary you know that's my primary is what i'm trying to say is that's my primary focus and then if i could find something which maybe i'll find it someday maybe i'll i don't know i'll go inspect houses or i'll do something i don't know but something that i can do for myself and make my own schedule and then come back and tend to my kids and watch them grow up and help them in life and then do some of this on the side, you know, I don't know. That's, that's kind of where I want to be oh, at some point. And it's like with, with guiding fishing, uh, I try to take every hook off out of every fish. Like I try to net, you know, land or fish, remove every hook. I yeah. try to, if they need to get retired, I, I put them on. I mean, I'll let them bait their own hooks. And that's where I try to keep it. Cause that's the lowest risk of them jabbing them hooks. Oh, you're hooks. trying to mitigate injury. Yes. And because that, you know, maybe yeah. they're going to try to sue you for it. Right. Or and, if someone tries to land their own fish and they fall overboard and then they, yep, exactly. God forbid they drowned or whatever, 
or they mm-hmm. hit their head and then they, yeah, I see. Yeah. It's, there's some risk there. I've for pulled sure. a lot of hooks out of myself because of it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to the point where I just clench down on my teeth, yank it out, don't even make a face. And people are like, you didn't even flinch. Well, I knew it was coming. You're like, well, I'm, but, I'm yeah, used it's, to it. When you do, do take it on yourself, that's definitely something you got to worry about and think about because not everybody is common sense. Yeah. Perfect example of lack of common sense. It rained here on uh, Sunday night, Monday morning. And like the entire state of Minnesota is covered with rain. And uh, half the state's still in drought. The rest of the state, it's it's farming season where they're harvesting. And, you know, if, if they're not harvesting their, their crops, they're tilling their fields, kicking that dirt up. So there's all kinds of dirt in the atmosphere over here. Well, it rained and down in the Twin Cities, all these cars and decks and everything, they're covered with dirt from the raindrops. Fourth grade elementary school stuff when they teach you about how a raindrop forms or a snowflake. Right. It, it forms around dust particles, dirt particles in the air. Well, when there's more of them, you get more dirt and dust in the raindrops. The news down in the Twin Cities had to cover it because nobody had ideas what's going on. They're calling police and stuff, wondering, is there fires? What's going on here? Is this ash in my house? <laughs> Common sense doesn't exist anymore. I woke up, I walked outside. My, my truck looked like someone had dumped muddy water on it. Mm-hmm. And I went, I had some dirty rain last night. <laughs> and they're calling and freaking out, thinking that yes, the sky is falling. It, it's common sense. It's something right. that you were taught at, at 10 years old. Yeah, we teach all our kids that. Like, side. okay, this is what this means. Try to figure it out on your own before you panic and think mm-hmm. that someone stole my stuffed animal or something. Well, hold on. Look around. Somebody broke into the house to steal a stuffed animal, like you know, in its most basic form, anyways. Yeah, and that—that's when you do your business. You got to look at that and be like, all right, if I got ten people, seven of them have no common sense. Right. Just assume you have to like assume that nobody knows anything. Yes, and that—that is probably the toughest part when you do start your own business and and you're going to do something like that because you've got to worry about what are they going to do? What are they going to accuse you of? What aren't they going to comprehend or understand? You get that. You really do. I mean, yeah, because you're not going to sit down and ask every individual, no matter what business it is like, okay, do you know this? Do you know A, B, and C? Oh, you don't like you're, you might as well just assume that they, and get used to that mindset that you're catering, taking care of. If you're going to do it, you don't necessarily need to be good at what you do. Yeah. But you need to know a lot about what you're doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's that's probably most of what it is because I don't know how many times you get asked, what are the limits? What are the slots? And the same person might ask me the same question five, six times in a day. And then, of course, you can get the questions, well, how big is the lake? How deep is the lake? How many islands are on the lake? Well, that, yeah, that was another that. that was another thing is like you have to get with guiding and you're the face of your business. You're mm-hmm. dealing with people every day. You have to, you have to get good with that small talk and that chit chat and that, you know, just silly questions, just, and not get frustrated with these people. Like you said, asking the same question, five different ways. And you just have to kind of keep that smile on your face and keep going. And then you got to be able to play the personality game right away. Like you got to take a little while to kind of figure it out. And I I had one guy this summer and the only guy I've ever had to do this, it blew my mind. There's a group, it was a, a father, his two sons. The father's brother and the father's father. So grandfather, two sons, and two grandchildren. Well, the one who has the two sons, he uh, he had worked with the biology biology side of the Minnesota DNR, and actually pretty interesting. He was talking about friendly enough guy. Yeah. His son works at a, uh, a a pheasant farm that does guided pheasant hunts. You know, like you show up to the farm, you buy your twenty five birds or whatever, they go place them, or they have something called tower hunt. So I'd be picking up with that. 
Uh, the one brother, he moved out to, I believe he said he lived in Oregon, if I remember right. Funny as hell. The old man's retired. I don't remember what he did other than farming, and he still does some farming. Funny as hell. And the kids are funny as hell. Notice the one that I didn't say was funny as hell. <laughs> so everyone's all joking around, except the one guy. And he's just kind of quiet, so joke around. One uh, son played baseball, so I told him I'm not, not a fan of baseball. It's so boring. Like, I can play it, but I can't stand watching it. Right. And I was like... <clears throat> You know why, why softball is better than baseball? And he goes, what? I'm like, it takes bigger balls. It's a joke, yeah. Yeah, it's a joke. And we're all laughing and stuff. And we're joking around and I'm giving them shit. They're giving me shit. And it's like, I've known them forever. And the guy in the corner starts shaking, like visibly shaking. And yeah. he turns around and starts screaming at me for insulting his kids and his father. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, hang on. Am I apologize if I've offended you? Right. Like, I'm just treating you like people I've known my entire life. I'm like, we're joking around. They're giving me crap. I'm giving them crap. You know, your dad's giving me shit. I'm giving him shit. He's like, I don't like, I pay for a vacation. And he's screaming at me, screaming. Finally, his brother goes, I guess I better apologize too, because I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> and then he just kind of like, and his dad looks at him and goes, I guess I need to apologize too, because oh I'm doing the same thing. So then it was like an hour and a half of being really tense. Right. Trying to like small talk. And like, Awkward. <laughs> yeah. And the dad whispered something into the guy who blew up on me's ear, I don't know what he said. They didn't file a complaint. They gave me a $160 tip. So I got a nice tip and we caught fish. You know, it wasn't the greatest fish, but we caught fish. I think we were two away from limited out. And like the brother and I were joking around with each other still. It's just like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? Right. Like, and then I, now, I now you have to cut this tension that's like just all of a sudden exploded. Now that's like a yeah, weird, like you said, awkwardness for two hours or an hour, you know, and. I don't know what Everyone I should had say. I don't know what I should do. Boat was joking around except one guy. Yeah. And that one guy is like, Mr. Serious. Yeah. I'm not a serious person. I've never been. No, him. you're not. Yeah. I never will be. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh shit, like this sucks. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, you guys have a good day. Problem with fish. And I so, tried to apologize again. And his dad and his brother apologized for him as well for that. And then that guy apologized for his outburst. I'm just like, well, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, and then they gave you a nice tip. Yeah. So, yeah, you give me a nice tip. So, I, I didn't know what to say other than that because you got offended over me joking around the kids, but you didn't have a problem with them giving it back, right? And I was totally fine to give it back. It added to the laughs and the fun. And rough day, maybe a rough day or something like that. So, I went back into the lodge and said, "I don't want them guys tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> find them a find them a new captain." Yeah, I, we switch boats. <laughs> Someone else. So this is like two years, right? This is your second year. Where, second year where do you see this business? Where do you see yourself? You know, where does this going five years from now? Where would you, where would you like to be? It almost turned into owning a resort. Already. Okay. That's kind of cool. That's a, that's uh, a big Morris jump. Point came up for sale and we looked, I had the financing. Mm -hmm. Everything was lined up. I just needed a $600,000 down payment. Yeah. Could be hard and that's that. not the easiest thing to come up with. So, <laughs> no. so I wasn't able to do it, but five years um hopefully in five years like running two boats oh. maybe running more oh, that, guys? that's actually absolutely would be in the plan with it uh okay two possibly three have some lodging for bear hunting and, and waterfowl hunting even if it's a couple of campers set up right yeah but just have enough where we can lodge you know a couple some few, people few for groups it. or whatever being where i don't need to worry about you know a winter job or something like that because i still because I, I haven't full-time done it in the winter. And this year yeah. we're just kind of adding that into it. So I still make sure I've got something in the winter for income. Yeah. So hopefully get rid of where I don't have to worry about that. And it's it's full-time year-round stuff. 
That'd be good. That's and except having, and then you're going to dabble. So you're going to get into ice fishing. You've done, you've done water, you know, open water, ice fishing, bear hunting, bird bear waterfall. Hunting. We've done it this year already. We started in that. We've uh, had a few. Okay. Now looking forward to it about a week because in a week we got some groups for uh, November 1st through 3rd can go duck hunting. And Guns gonna, adds a new layer of safety. <laughs> well, so far it's been okay. So far. <laughs> and I, with the guns, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Not one I can see them usually, anyways. The only time I've ever and ever been concerned with that was walking in on a client from Florida. Never met the guy. I took a day off because I'd been out at uh, my uncle's camp for like 40 days straight, hadn't been home. I was like, I need a day off. Yeah. So I took a day and went home, showered, slept in my own bed, come up there next evening. And uh, my uncle Larry is like, eh, there's a guy, I don't remember his name. He goes, he's up at Bushy Grove. If you want to go pick him up. He's from Florida. He got here today. So we got a bonus day hunt. I'm like, oh, awesome. Well, when you spend 40 days walking in and out of trails, mm-hmm. when it's pitch ass black and dark out, you don't need a flashlight. Mm, right. You know your way in and out of there. No problem. So the guy sitting on the stand, I'm sure he's got better vision than I do at the moment because he's been adjusted to it. Right. So I walk in without a flashlight and I'm just about to the base of the stand. I hear a couple of cracks on the ground ahead of me. So I start lightly whistling. And I'm just like, <laughs> right. You're so he making your presence known to, yes. you know, okay. You're maybe not scaring away wildlife, but you're at least letting other humans know that yep. there's another human here. Yep. And I got to the base of this guy's stand and I, I literally, as soon as I, cause I grabbed the stand to make sure that's what I was looking at. It wasn't just a tree because <laughs> it is no, no moon out pitch black. Uh, there was no cloud. So I could see stars, but there right. was no moon out. So I grabbed the stand. And as soon as I touched that stand, I heard, kaboom! And I saw a flash. I heard a thud and a grunt and I went, <laughs> and I started feeling myself that I just get shot. Right. That's the first thing that went through my head. Amy was with me. She just sitting on the ranger. And she heard it and she thought for sure I just got shot because I walked in without a flashlight. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, turns out there was a bear on the bait pile. The bait pile is like 16 yards in front of me. Oh, so and that was the, the guy, twig snap, right? Probably. Yep, yep. That's exactly what it was. And uh, that's what the guy told me. He goes, when you're walking in, he goes, there was a bear. He goes, I could see it. He goes, I probably shown a shot because it's really dark, but I could see it. And I could see my bead and everything. He's using a <laughs> shotgun, 12 gauge slug. And he's like, when you start whistling, it turned and it gave me the perfect shot. You're like, oh my god! You're like, so Sweating. I get the beat on it, and I shot. I was like, oh my god! Well, I think I got to clean my pants up because I thought you shot me. <laughs> That's insane. That's crazy. Worst was the track job on that bear and the mile drag out. That bear, he shot right through both lungs with a 12 gauge slug. Both lungs were gone, and it right. went a mile. Yeah, and then I had to drag it a mile through the small. Well, that's awful. part of that's part of guiding though right you, that's your job i suppose and you're doing that stuff oh yeah <clears throat> yep and when i drag a bear it turns out i don't like other people helping me do it because i get in my way yeah you have your own way of doing things and yeah, you don't want just, help and i wrap the rope around my waist and i just lean forward and i walk a direction i just get out of my way just let me go that's like it that's i i have this it's not a theory or anything but i it's another conversation we'll have to have another time about especially men asking for help I feel like they're terrible at asking for help, even if they need it. But it, this situation just reminded me of that. Like people always try to like help and you're like, no, 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 I'll do it myself, you know? And, and, well, and with the bear thing, I first couple times went God bear, I tried to take the help. Problem was I was taller than the people helping me. My steps hinders. are bigger. So I start moving faster and they start tripping over the people next to me. So right. it, it ended up just being easier for me to do it. 
you get ahead of me, clear brush out of my way, break that tree out of the way, move that log, you know, get rid of my resistance. And that, that, that's a good teamwork that way. <laughs> they, they're doing something that's helping me and I'm able just to go pull, pull, pull. Right. I don't know if I'll be able to do that anymore. I need surgery on my knee. So. Last question here on this topic, and then we'll probably take another break here in a minute because we're running out of more time. Um, is there anything that you wish you knew then that you know now, or is there anything like with starting your business or doing fishing guides or, or anything that you would do differently? Like looking back, probably one would be buying that boat, but. <laughs> well, it's not so much the one if, if I could, yeah. uh, when I bought the boat, I bought it in the beginning of March. Mm-hmm. Everything was still covered in ice. So I wanted to get it at the price that it was at before yeah. people started getting the, the buying like urge right. and it you know, drove the price up. I wish I would have had a, uh, a body of water or would have taken it had a barrel. I could have put the lower unit in and test right. it that, that way. Yeah. Cause when you run it on earmuffs, the hose pressure will, it pushes water up to the engine. I would have known that the, uh, the impeller in the lower unit was out and that would have saved me. Which tip, which draws, it sucks water up. Right. So if that's yeah. shot, that would have saved me about $12,000. So like that, that's something I obviously <clears throat> I said in 2020. Yeah. Um, know, know what you're getting into before you get into it, yeah, really. Yeah, I would uh, consistently make sure that I, I the tourism bureaus up here, make sure that I'm advertising with them. Yeah, that's good. That's a good goal. That's where majority of your clientele probably comes from. Make sure to consistently do that. I, I probably would have told Marvin's to piss off sooner. <laughs> uh, Had you known like so. that this is going to become lo- somewhat lucrative or you're going to yep. be okay then you could have taken that. You could have taken that leap sooner. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah. yeah, there's, there's, I think everyone probably has some side of regret in that aspect. Like, Oh, I didn't leave my job soon enough, you know, or I was unhappy for so long and I should have just done this before, but you know, you get complacent. I actually talked about complacency a week or two ago and how people become complacent and they just know, you just know the job and you know what to do and there's no more thinking and there's no more challenge and you just, it sucks and you don't like it, but you do it because you get paid and it's easy. And I yeah, think when you say you can literally do rut. your job in your sleep, yeah, it, it's true. Yeah. And then people, most people are creatures of habit mm-hmm. and they don't want to change habit. And that that's what I think scares people the most. It's you're so used to one thing. That's what, you know, you may not like it. You may want to try something else, but you know, that works, you know, you're doing it and you know, you're okay with it. So you're afraid to change. Yeah. I'm afraid to get out of that habit and try something different. And people, yeah, I think people just need to, I think they have to, I know it sounds so cliche or so motivational, you know, like get out of your own way and trust yourself to some extent to do something. You know, if you're, if you're confident or well, that's it too. have that confidence that I can do this and actually do it instead of just talking about it or complaining about your circumstances, like change them really is what I would say. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's like with the bear guiding thing, this, this is why I'm going to introduce it and and do it on my own. I keep in contact with a lot of the clients that went to my uncle and I'm not going to steal them as clients. Like, I mean, if they want to come be sure, I'll take them. Yeah. I'm not doing it to steal them. I'm doing it because of them. A few of them to hunt with him because of me. He's like, you're the reason I came back there because you're good at what you do. And you make sure to say that you're not a guide first, you're a hunter first. Right. And that's how come you guide. Because most, I'm not going to say most, I guess, with my uncle Larry's, it's uh, the guides don't hunt. They just guide 
it, it makes a hundred percent sense that you're yeah, going I'm to instill confidence. That ever even yeah. shot a bear. So I'm like, okay. And I know what I'm doing because I do this on my own. And then I, I, I speak the language with them. You know, deer hunting and bear hunting, totally different things. And hunting isn't hunting. You know, it, remember we'd go duck hunting or grouse hunting. That wasn't the same as deer hunting. It was mm-hmm. a totally different thing and totally different skill set, experience, right. everything. So I, I was able to bring that as a guide, whereas the other guides, they just brought the ability to go and put a pail of bait out, cover up some logs and take a person to them from their stand. Right. But I'd walk Not the really the same thing. Yeah. No, I'd walk in the woods and be like, oh, we need, we're looking for, you know, a bait site or something. I'd be like, well, we need certain things. When you're looking for a bait site, you're looking for food, shelter, cover, water. And you got to know what you're looking for because if you got lots of, say, acorns on the trees, you're probably not going to pull a bear to your bait very easily. So you're looking because for something. Because there's that, no need, right? There's no. Yeah. So if everything's just oak trees, I mean, how do you pick a spot? Right. You don't because there, there's miles and miles of them. Well, now if you're sitting there in oak trees and, oh, shit, there's some cranberry bushes in along this. Mm-hmm. There's where you put your bait because <laughs> there's something, another natural food source that's there. Okay. So now these bear are coming in and they got, oh, look, they got fruit and they got their nuts. Yeah. And it's just little things like that, that I bring into it. All my sites turn out really well. Like they still do. But uh, get back into my whole thing here. They've told me that, you know, I came back because of you. Like, you know what you're doing, not just because you're guiding, but because you do it for yourself. And then we'd get out hunting. Uh, if they tagged out, I'd take them with, they come and bait runs with me. And I'd, I'd share what I know. And then I have a sense of humor. I'm, I'm friendly enough, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, there's, there's so many more things that we need to talk about. I didn't even scratch the surface on you a whole nother chapter. We'll have to do it next week. Actually, I'll try to have you come on, but cause we're running out of time here, of course, but I just want to thank you. Thank you for coming on here. Thank you for sharing some insight into your life and your business and all that. So I just want to say thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's all I have for today's episode of Stay at Home Dads podcast. If you have any questions or comments for me or my friend TJ here, just go ahead and head over to my social media or over to podbean.com, leave a comment. And also, if you have any friends or family or anybody that wants to see this show or check it out, just share it with them. Uh, Let them know where it's at. It's on all the streaming platforms. So, If you could do that, that would be great. Also, I will leave TJ's contact info for all his different businesses in the the, uh, description. So you can check those out as well. Anyways, that's all I got for today's episode. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you next week.